0: Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Before I get right into the topic for today's podcast, I'd like to just quickly send out a quick message to those of you who have been waiting patiently for a new episode of the Essential Tennis Podcast. I'm sorry it's been so long since the last one, I'm really hopeful that I'm finally going to get back on track here. So much has changed here at Essential Tennis in the last year, and so my attention is just being pulled in a million different directions. The good news is I now have a team that is forming around me. I've got two full-time people now, my brother James, who is doing production for me. He's doing all the editing and publishing here of the podcast and of all our videos, and now Ira, a new teaching pro who's coming on board with us. So it's now starting to become possible again for me to do the podcast. But in order to keep me motivated and keep me doing it, I need to hear from you. If you appreciate these episodes, please take a moment and send me an email to ian, I-A-N, at essentialtennis.com. And just let me know that, that you appreciate the instruction and you appreciate the time that I put into these episodes. All right, so with that, let's go ahead and get into today's topic. We have not so much a question, but a statement that was submitted from Harish, it's H-A-R-S-H, who wrote and said, I think it would be very useful to doubles players to understand the relative benefits of going to the net off a well-hit ground stroke over doing a serve and volley. A well-placed approach can actually be much more effective than a serve in doubles, especially if one isn't a very good server. Makes sense. All right. So this wasn't so much a question, but it just very strongly illustrated to me an attitude that many coaches have and an attitude that many players have that holds them back from success. And I've titled this episode Long Term Improvement versus Short Term Success. And it's really important that you understand the concepts that I'm about to lay out because they're going to, whether or not you understand this and apply what I'm about to talk about, is in large part going to determine whether or not you make it to the next level and the next level after that and the next level after that. If you are serious about not plateauing and looking up, 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now or more, and basically winning against the same players, basically losing to the same players, then this stuff is vital. And it goes back to an old debate that I've had with many teaching pro colleagues who are very insistent on teaching just simply what works for their students right now. Meaning saying, hey, Sally, tennis player, or John, tennis player, listen, he or she just has a weak serve, all that right? They're, they've always had a weak serve. They're always going to have a weak serve. And so we need to teach them working around that as a limitation. And so very much this is exactly what this, this comment that was submitted to me recently made me think of. This person is saying, hey, you know what? Let, let's be realistic here. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, and I'm taking a little bit uh, of – um liberty with this paraphrase but this person is basically saying you know what let's be realistic here a lot of players don't have good serves so let's talk about just using an approach to come to the net Let, wait for a weak ball approach on that instead of doing serve and volley and doubles you know i, I know ian you talk about learning how to serve and volley and what the brian brothers serve and volley and it's great for them but I don't have 130 mile an hour serve. And so I'm just going to stay content with staying back until I get an opportunity to come into the net. Well, with that said, let me get into my outline here. There's two different approaches or goals that are kind of, they seem to be at odds, but you can mix and match them. One is a short term mindset. That is let's use what works right now. We need to take inventory on strengths and weaknesses and work around weaknesses and utilize and maximize their strengths. And this is, you know, really important. And this is the essence of winning strategy and tactics. Having the awareness of knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are, planning around those. This is really, really, really important conceptually to understand and to use. Now, on the other end of the spectrum from that short-term mindset, is a very long term mindset. Somebody who's thinking, you know, what tools do I need to reach a whole nother level from where I am right now? I'm not talking about making a marginal improvement to my game and improving within the level that I'm already at. You know, what, maybe going from uh, winning 10 matches and losing 10 matches at 3.5 to the next year winning 15 matches and losing only five matches at, th- at 3.5. That's good. But if it takes you 10 years to get to that point, and you never move beyond that, is that really okay? Are you satisfied with that? Now, some of you may say, yes, absolutely, and I'd be totally satisfied with that. I don't need to move anywhere beyond that. My guess is, most of you listening, that's not good enough, and you have aspirations of continuing to improve level after level after level. So... If that is your plan, then you need to have at least some kind of a long-term mindset. If all you're ever looking at and evaluating is what you have right here and now and you're not planning for the future and spending practice time accordingly to build the tools necessary to compete at a significantly higher level than you are right now, then don't be surprised if, again, you look up 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now or more and there's not much difference. Sorry, our office is next to a train track. Not sure sure if that'll make it through or not. All right, now, most tennis players, I'm I'm about to give you a compliment, more than likely, if you're listening to this. Most tennis players aren't good at either of those. They aren't good at the short-term mindset. They're not good at the long-term mindset either. They play with very little awareness. Now, most of you listening to me right now, you're probably pretty good at the short-term, and you should be proud of that, and I mean that. You should pat yourself on the back. More than likely, you've got pretty good awareness of exactly what makes up your game and what your strengths and weaknesses are. Otherwise, you would not have sought out an audio podcast about tennis and started listening to it to try to improve your game. And you should continue to sharpen that skill, your awareness of what is working in the here and now, and what your strengths and weaknesses are. Now, very, very few people are good at the long-term mindset. Coach, I would say coach coaches included, but certainly players. Let's just talk about players for a second. The reason why very few players are poor at the long-term mindset, there's several reasons. The ones that come to mind for me first are, first of all, not many people like leaving their comfort zone. To make substantial changes to your level of play means you have to do something substantially different than the way that you do it right now. And that may sound obvious at first blush, but just consider that for a moment. If fundamentally speaking, your game retains, you know, the majority of what your habits are currently moving forward, you cannot expect to have any significant improvements. Again, you, you'll have some marginal improvements. You'll make some little little improvements here and there. It's your ability to execute a little bit more consistently or reliably, or your uh, anticipation may get a little bit better just from playing more and you start to read points a little bit, a little bit more accurately, etc. cetera, you know, where to be at the right time at the right place, but you will not make a big jumping level without leaving your comfort zone, a pretty substantial amount. And most players are not okay with that. And you know, for good reason, we're to a certain extent kind of trained to stay where we're comfortable. Most players will miss a few times when they try a new skill. And they'll quickly say, oh, it doesn't feel natural. Uh, it doesn't, it's not for me. It's not working for me. And they'll go back to the way that they've always done it. And in, in large part, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not pointing a finger or blaming the players because they don't have a process to follow most of the time. Most coaches, I mean, if we can just be honest, if we all, all if we can all be honest here for just a moment, most coaches are... Repeating catchphrases. I don't. I don't like talking down to to other coaches, but I, I'm just you know just being real here. Most tennis coaches are in it purely for the here and now. They their lessons revolve around making sure their students get a good workout, making sure that they have fun, making sure that there's sparkling you know conversation and they're they're very personable. And and those are all good things. And there's a lot of people that need those things. They they, they need that connection. They need that release. They need that exercise. And qu- I mean, again, being honest, most tennis students that's all they're looking for. They're not looking to take it any more seriously than that. And that's a again reason why I'm not really pointing fingers or laying blame on coaches. Most coaches are giving students most students exactly what they want. Those kind of fluffy, surfacey tennis lessons. Well. That's not gonna do it for you if you're listening to me right now and you have a long-term improvement mindset. It's not good enough. And so is waiting, just to circle back around to the statement, is waiting for a well-placed approach sometimes a good tactic in doubles as opposed to serving and volleying? Yes, absolutely. Even at high levels of tennis, and quite frankly, even at professional levels of tennis, That can work better than serve and volley sometimes. There's going to be times where the returner is just teeing off on your serve for whatever reason. They're just having the best return day of their life. Your serve is not effective for whatever reason. There will be days and times where sometimes hanging back is the better way to go. And so for that reason, you should always be aware. You should always know and be aware of those short-term immediate elements pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses, what's working, what's not working. Now, for long-term, on the flip side of that coin, for long-term improvement purposes, would a stronger serve be better as opposed to relying on that approach? Yes, obviously, the answer is yes. I'm not satisfied. This is just who I am as a person. I learned this about myself a long time ago. Certain coaches are like this, and if you're listening to me right now, you want to seek out those coaches. For me personally, I'm not satisfied. I am not I am not at all satisfied with a student who says, you know what, it is what, I, it is what it is. My serve, I've just never been a good server. And quite frankly, I'm just not interested in working on it. I'm just going to do the best I can with what I've got. And that's just the way it is. I'm not satisfied with that. And if you're not satisfied with that either, then you need to find a coach who has a long-term improvement mindset and quite frankly is an exceptional coach because not all coaches are uh, trained or prepared in in the ability to come up with an effective process to lead you down a long-term path for improvement with your whole game or even just specific parts of your game like let's just say your serve. So for long-term improvement, would a stronger serve be better? Yeah, yeah, would. I would, absolutely. For long-term improvement, would being a solid serve and volleyer be better than only having the ability to hang back at the baseline and wait for a, you know invitation on a silver platter to come into the net? Yes, absolutely. In order to become a significantly better player than you are now, you need to add new skills. You need to rework your current habits and techniques there needs to be a constant process of stepping outside your comfort zone and making meaningful changements and improvements to your game. And that's not easy. And it's not easy to find a coach who is really good at that. So at the end of the day, the key is balancing the here and now with a long-term path mentality. And this is one of the many reasons why a high quality coach is priceless. Because he or she will have the perspective and the experience to know what the next step is down that path for you and have the perspective and the experience to create a plan for you to follow that is effective and will give you those results. So if that's you, then I really value having you as a listener. I really do. And I wish you all the best Please know that it's my goal each and every time that I sit down behind this microphone and each and every time that I stand up in front of the camera, it is my goal to give you that kind of information that is a long path process mindset behind it. And it's not quick fixes. It's not little tips. It is instruction that is intended to give you the tools and the perspectives that are necessary for long-term success and fundamental improvements to your game for more free game improving instruction be sure to check out essentialtennis.com where you'll find hundreds of video audio and written lessons also be sure to subscribe to essential tennis on itunes and youtube where we are the number one resource in the world providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players thank you so much for listening today take care And good luck with your tennis.